Today I'm beginning a three-part series which I, I've entitled Future. I've entitled Future as we, and I want you to understand it's, it's something that we're doing as we're intentionally building towards what we are calling our miracle offering, which is going to happen on Sunday the 18th of July. And over the last few years, we have un ashamedly and unapologetically created an opportunity, a space and a place for those who call Connect Church home to consider sowing financially into the collective future as a local church. And it's no secret that we choose this time of year. We do it on purpose because, um, uh, you know, if you've been in the church for a while, you'll know that we choose this time of year because this is uh, where we even say it. It's when we, uh, 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 you know, the government giving rebates are coming and uh, things and all that money's flowing into your accounts and you're all sitting there wondering, what am I going to do with all this money, right? That's not, uh, yeah. Do you notice how serious everyone gets when you mention, uh, like, money? It's like, but, but that, that's why we do it. At this time, and if you've been in this church for a while, you know that uh, talking about money and giving is not something that uh, we do a lot. In fact, uh, it, it, that's a conscious decision that we have made uh, as a leadership, as a church, that we're not going to talk about money and giving. And so if you're here today for the first time, if you're new to church, I want you to know that today. This is not something we do every week. This is something that we uh, will do once a year. In fact, last year, because of all the craziness that was going on, we didn't even do it at all. And, and so, so this is the first time in a couple of years where we're now approaching uh, this time. Like I said, creating a space and a place where we can consider sowing financially into the life and future of uh, Connect Church as a, a local uh, church. And so, uh, again, why do we do that? Because, again, it takes resources to be able to do what, what we want to do. And also, I, I want us to be able to prepare our hearts when it comes to things like giving or sowing into the future and so on. It's not something that I just want you to spontaneously react to on the July 18th when we talk about it. So I think it's so important that we prepare our hearts. Can I hear an amen? Uh, for about three of you, I need some feedback. It's lonely up here. But, but it's something that we are to and should prepare our hearts uh, when it comes around the time uh, of uh, doing that. And uh, it's like I said, as a local church, what do we want to do? Because we, we understand it takes resources. We understand it takes finance. As a church, what do we want to uh, uh, do with the resources that we have? Well, we want to fulfill that which God has called us to do, which is what? We, we know our uh, vision statement is to connect people to Jesus and their purpose. That is what we want to do. We want to connect people to Jesus and their Purpose, And of course, it's important that we remember that, that our purpose as a church, our purpose, and we probably haven't talked about this for a couple of years, but our purpose as a church is not something we make up. It's not something we invent. It's not saying what would be a cool hip statement to uh, do. You've got to understand that our purpose as a church is not something we make up 
or we invent. No, our purpose as a church must always, everybody say always. always. It must always be derived from God's purposes, which are eternal. Eternal simply means it lasts for a really, really long time, like forever. So our purpose should always be derived from God's purpose, which are eternal. And uh, Jesus made himself uh, uh, very clear in that he said this. He said, I will build my church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, it's just a reminder that it's his church, not our church. It's his church, not my church, not your church. It's his church. He's building it. He died for it. He rose for it. And he's coming back again for it. Can I hear a good amen on that? And so we also know that um, Psalm 127 verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house. It's not what, just what we do. Unless the Lord builds the house, they that build it, whatever we try, it's just in vain. And so, again, this is a we, we clearly understand as we're speaking about this and talking uh, about this today that we, we, we get this, that we understand it is the Lord who builds uh, the church. And we get to, as the church, partner with him in that uh, whole endeavor, which I think is pretty, uh, pretty exciting. And so for the last... Uh, a few years, we have said that our purpose, our purpose as a church is based on two things, two things that Christ made very, very clear. The great commandments and the great commission. The great commandments is when Jesus was asked, and we talked about it actually uh, a couple of weeks ago with the Shema, where someone came to, I think it was a Pharisee, came to Jesus and said, what is the most important thing? What's the most important commandment? And Jesus answered this. He said, or, uh, he said you shall, in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 38, Jesus said, the Shema, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And then he said, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then we have the second thing that Jesus uh, declared was important. The great commission. Jesus, after his resurrection, said this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples and of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Friends, I want to tell you and declare today that his purpose needs to be our purpose. Christ's purpose needs to be our purpose purpose. What he loves, we should love. What he desires to do, we should desire to do. And so like I've said, we don't invent the purpose. We just identify it and seek to fulfill that which God is asking his 
church to uh, to do and that's why as a church we will never and i want to say again in the crazy days that we live in of deconstructionism and critical theory and wokeism and all this kind of crazy nutcase stuff that's going out there going out and, and around sorry i said it i said it it just is what it is i want to tell you that we as a church will never never ever ever stop proclaiming the good news of the gospel of jesus christ the life-changing, chain-snapping, demon-defying freedom that is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, we understand that the gospel declares in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that while we were still sinners, and friend, you might be here today, and you might, might be visiting or whatever, and you go, man, I, I just feel so far away from, from God. Here is the good news of the gospel. The Bible says that in Romans that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died. Christ died for us. Why? So that you can fully live for him. He redeems. We want to be a church who proclaims he redeems, he restores, he delivers, he heals, he changes lives. He can take your life and turn it around where whatever you've been through, no matter how big something is, God is bigger than everything we are facing. We have a God who redeems, saves, restores, and delivers all who would call on his name. And so for we understand as leaders here and as a church and agree with the declaration of the apostles in the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 12, which states, salvation is found in no one else. I want to tell you, there is not many ways to God. There is not many ways to God. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. That is the name of Jesus. Would you give that name? Would you give him some praise and glory in the house? And so we want to be a church and desire to be a church that would proclaim his gospel. And that's why we, we again, at the heart of all that we do as a church, we want to connect people to Jesus and help them find their purpose in him. And so how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, we want to see lost people saved. We want to see people find Christ. It's not about, uh, again, just remembering, just remembering that church is not just about us. Church is not just about uh, uh, those of us who are in the room. Church is about those who are not yet here. Church is about that. Sometimes people say, oh, this is a, bi a, a bigger church. Friends, I want to tell you, there's 50,000 people plus living on the Cubbity Coast who don't know Jesus. And friend, I want to tell you, so we, we, we need to get a lot bigger. Can I hear an amen? Not so we can glory in it, but so we can, we can uh, empty hell and populate heaven. Can I hear a good amen on that? That's what we desire uh, that's what we desire to do. And so we want to see the lost, uh, lost people saved. We want to see lost people saved. Then we want to see saved people pastored. Then we want to see pastored people discipled. We want to see them coming into a relationship uh, uh, with God. Because can, can I just say this? Lots of churches do many things and nothing, nothing wrong with that. We are called to do lot, different stuff. But I want to tell you, I don't want to just be a place who's just doing good ideas. I want to do God ideas. I want to keep uh, as focused as we can on the mission of seeing, uh, as I've said, the lost Saved, the uh, saved people, pastor, pastor people, discipled, and then disciple people mobilized into the Great Commission, into all that God has for them. 
And so I want to thank those who have, uh, through the years, continued their regular uh, weekly giving and uh, things that are so appreciated. It enables us to do uh, what we do. But this series, this, this time of preparation, this, this is the one time of year. We don't do this more than one time a year. This is the one time of year that we open up an opportunity for all of us who call this place home to sacrificially sow as we together participate in this God adventure that we call Connect Church. And so it's a time when we can prayerfully and carefully consider. That's what I want us to do. It's not just like, oh, I've got a few bucks in my pocket or whatever. That's not the type of thing. This is about prayerfully and carefully considering what God is a part of the family. What God, what God would you have us do? as we consider how we might finance the future, as we seek to see what God wants outworked in Connect Church. And look, there's, there's no doubt, for all of us, for all of us, the last 12 months have been unprecedented. It's just been like crazy, right? I mean, a, 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 pan, a pandemic has, has sought to paralyze our pathway. It's sought to paralyze our pathway, to hinder that which God wants to do. And as church leaders, I uh, think we have endeavored to na navigate our way through what has been un an unparalleled set of circumstances. But although the world has changed, I want to remind you again, God has not. About three of you, I said, although all the world has changed, God has not. You know, we've talked about Malachi, 4, uh, Malachi 3, verse 6, For I am the Lord, and I change not. I want to tell you, God is still on the throne. About three of you, come on. God is still on the throne. He is still on the throne. As A.W. Pink uh, said, God cannot change for the better, for He is perfect. And being perfect, He cannot change for the worst. He is the unchanged, eternal, infinite, limitless God of which Psalm 90 verse 2 says, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. The Bible is not, it is not, the God of the Bible is not the great I was, He is the great I am. Can I hear a good amen for that? He is the great I am and He is with us. Jesus said in the Great Commission that we read out before, he said, Behold, I am with you always. It's not that he was with us. He is with us as we seek to fulfill that which God has called us. The I am is near. The I am is here. And all I'm saying today is in this ever-changing world, we can trust in an unchanging God with an unchanging purpose. He still wants to see the lost saved, discipled, and mobilized. The same Jesus who gave us the Great Commission, it says this, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so this series is really about facing our future. Not facing our future, but it's really about facing our future. It's important that we we get that. It's it's 
So I've, uh, what, what my notes have gone like, let me just show you. So they've gone, like, I usually have colors so I know where I'm at, but they've disappeared. So I'm, I've, I've gone into another thing and, and sent out a thing and it hasn't brought up any of the colors. And so I'm looking, I'm, while I'm acting calmly, I'm looking like where is the next thing I've got to... <laughs> got to say and it's almost happens to be always on like one of the most like let's go let's let's do it and I'm just going in the gee you know you're just he's so you know he's preaching but I'm going Lord help me let me find let me find the next line and right there I was going where is the next line dyslexic brain is going on that's your pastor that's what's going on I look calm and collected but on the inside I'm going my god what's the next thing I'm saying thank you Jesus We want to faith our future. We're facing our future. And that's what this series is, is about. You know, in Jewish thinking, when we think about the word faith, understand it's more about what we do than what we know. In Hebrew thinking, when we talk about faith, it's more about what we do than what we know. We may say things like, I believe there is a, a God, so I have, I, I have faith. It, it is something that I know. It's something that I believe. It's something I believe with my mind. It's something I believe in my heart. But, but the Hebrew root word in the Old Testament that gets translated as faith or faithful in our Old Testament is actually a verb. And a verb, as you know, conveys an action. And so I'm just saying, if we assume, if we assume that faith is just about what we know and just about what we believe, then it is possible that we might miss of half of what we need to understand about faith. And so faith is not just about knowing something, it's, it's, it's more about doing something. And I just want to say to you today, understand, when it comes to faith, it's not an either or, it's a both and. We, we, we must believe, but we also must do. There must be an outworking to that. Bob Goff, who authored the best-selling book, Love Does, he summed up faith by saying, it is simply loving God, loving people, and doing stuff. That's what faith is about. Loving God, loving people, and doing stuff. Again, because to love God, that must be outworked. To love people, that must be outworked. We've got to do something to demonstrate demonstrate that. And we, we see that pounded out in the book of James, James chapter 2, verse 14. It says, James says this, what good is it? What good is it, my brothers, my sisters, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? What good is it? Of what use is it? Now, I don't use the message version very uh, often. It's, it's, a, it's a paraphrase, but I, I like how it puts James 2, verse 17. It kind of knocks it out the park. It says, says this, here's what the message says, James chapter 2, verse 17. Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? Yeah. I'm going to read that again, it's so good. Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? And so in our life, faith should really be something that translates into 
action. The other day as I was preparing, I uh, had a, came across a little Instagram story. I won't explain what that is for those who don't know, but it was just a, a few seconds or a clip of an interview. And the person who was being interviewed was Jordan Peterson, a, a, a psychologist that many of you know, and he's you know, obviously uh, very opinionated about certain things. But the person asked Jordan Peterson, uh, what or do you believe in God? Do you, do you believe in God? And I thought his response was interesting. And of course, he never answers the question. He, he, he leaves people hanging. But here's, here's what he said. He said, I live as though I do. Then he said, I think this is quite powerful. He said, I think the best indication of someone's belief is their actions rather than their statements. Oh. In other words, he's saying it's the walk rather than the talk that makes the difference. You know, the New Testament begins with four Gospels, which give us four accounts of the life of Jesus. But the story of the early church begins with the book of Acts. In the authorized King James Version, which is the one Jesus used, the Acts, it's actually called the Acts of the Apostles or the Actions of the Apostles. We've got to understand that the book of Acts was a book of doing. It was not just about, hey, we believe this now. No, no, they actually went out and did something with that. Which, there was an outworking of faith in their life. It was not just about what I believe. It's about what I do. It's how I how I live. Therefore, their faith caused them to act. Their faith caused them to do something. They faced their future. They didn't know what was ahead. They didn't know. But as they were obedient to God, God outworked some powerful things. And 2,000 years later, what they did there is the reason we are here. What they did then is the reason we are here today. Their faith caused them to act, to do something. And so when we, as we begin this series, as we lay a bit of a foundation today, we, we talk about facing the future. It's just an opportunity. What am I meaning? It's just an opportunity as a body, as a local church to act, to do something, to sow something, to grow something to faith our future. And so as we prepare as a church, would you again prayerfully over the next few weeks, prayerfully and carefully consider what action you might take. I don't want anyone here feeling under compulsion or feeling pressured or feeling, you know, like I have to do that or I'm trying to compete with whatever. No, no, no. This is about us seeking God with the blessings that we have received and going, how can I sow into the future? So as we prepare as a church, prayerfully, carefully consider the action you might take as we head towards our miracle offering on July 18th. And I also encourage our online family, those who are watching, I want to encourage you if you would like to be a part of 
of that too. You too may participate. Why have we called it a miracle offering? Well, you'll have to come next week to, to find out. We've chosen, I think it's important that you understand the intentionality behind that. We had different things we could call it. And we have called it a miracle offering rather than a sacrificial offering on purpose. There is a reason and I'll give you the intentionality behind that next week. But also let you know and begin to uh, explain things that we're doing. Right now, there is a building being built that is, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about what that is too. And so there's some stuff happening that I want to update you on as we look to the future of that which God has for us. And so our desire is what? To connect people to Jesus and help them find their purpose in Him. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you know you're far away from God, if you're here today and you know you need to get right with Him, in a moment I'm going to pray a prayer that, that really is just one that says, Lord, I need you in my life. It's a prayer that goes, I, I need God. I know that I'm far away from Him today. You might be hearing you going, but Pastor, you don't know how bad I am. You don't know all the things. Listen, the gospel is not about how bad you are. It's about how good God is. It's what He has done for you. You can do nothing but accept that which He has made available to you. And so if you're here today and you know you need to connect yourself to Jesus, He calls. He calls right now and you know in your heart that you need to respond to this. And so if that's you today and you're saying, Pastor, would you include me in that prayer? If you want to be included in this prayer to get right with God, wherever you're sitting, would you put your hand up? Yes, thank you. Anyone else? Would you put your hand up? Thank you. Anyone? Thank you, sweetheart. Anyone else down the back there? Thank you. Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God here today. Nice and high so I can see it. Over there. To, yes, I can see it. Thank you. Anyone else? You know. Hallelujah. Let's pray all together this prayer with those who have put their hand up today. Lord Jesus, I come to you today a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. Today, afresh, I give my life to you. I want to follow you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Help me to turn away from my sin and turn towards God. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, if you've prayed that prayer, that's the beginning of the journey. Again, it's just about continuing to fellowship and continue to get in the house and continuing to learn and grow. Can we put our hands together for all those who said yes to Jesus? Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, as you walk out of the church, the pastor will be holding up a small gift which has a Bible in it. You can grab one of those and it'll tell you a little bit about the decision you have made. Would you stand please as we close this service? If you need prayer for anything after the service, two confident people will be there to pray with and for you for anything that you need prayer over to the side here. Would you put your hands out like this as I pronounce a blessing over us as we begin these next couple of weeks 
of praying about what God would have us do. Let me pronounce this benediction and blessing over you. Now, may the God of peace, this is from Hebrews 13, verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you, equip you with every good thing to do his will. And may he accomplish in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. amen. God bless you. Come